Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. We're back. Today is we not Monday. <laughs> and that makes me We're happy. Back. Yeah, very quick turnaround on this episode. I was worried <laughs> that we weren't going to have any news to talk about because we did just record on Monday because I was traveling last week for HCC Toronto. So mm -hmm. I thought that we weren't going to have anything to talk about. And then Drake and Ninja broke Twitch. So yeah, we're going to talk about that later on in the episode. But yeah. uh, before we get to that, we do have a couple more games to talk about um, this week. I got a little bit more time in with The Sims Mobile. And uh, we both played Life is Strange, the farewell bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a, a couple things to talk about tonight. So we should probably jump right in. Now, I had The Sims Mobile as like the first topic, but I'm thinking maybe we just get Life is Strange out of the way. <laughs> so the interesting part about Life is Strange, and, and, and this is all documented, because Jocelyn had made it pretty clear on, on many an episode, spe specifically one in August when she first played it, and then three episodes throughout January and February where she was not interested in ever playing Life is Strange ever <laughs> again. Yet somehow, by my just plucky nature, I was able to say to her, hey, you should play Life is Strange again, and it happened, folks. And it was documented. If you listen to our Patreon mini over at patreon.com slash thegamersin, we bumped it up to a medium. And, uh, you know, we got Jocelyn in there and I can, I, I guess I convinced you. I, I hope I didn't overpromise uh, and under deliver. I think I did though. So, okay. I have not played Before the Storm past like the first half of the first episode because I hated it so much. Mm -hmm. Bad. And so I discovered, because it, basically you sold it to me by saying you get to play as Max again. So... You know, like, it's it's not as bad. It's not full-on Chloe. Chloe is, like, you get to basically, like, see how Chloe became Chloe. And that sold me on it a little bit. But I realized, really, what I don't, like, I don't like about Life is Strange or the reason that I don't like Before the Storm is because I don't give a shit about these characters. Not at all. The hmm. thing that I liked about Life is Strange was the murder mystery part. So when you take that away, I'm just like, I don't care what happens to these whiny teenagers or why they are the way they are. Like, I really do not care. But, but <laughs> so, pirate mysteries. I figured that would have been... No. I didn't even mention the fact that there were pirates. I thought was shipwrecks and shanties now renewed for no. additional episodes. You would be all <laughs> over the pirate mystery. And I'm there surprised. Was, there was one cool thing, except mm -hmm. it was way too easy and way too obvious. And that was the putting the amulet on the telescope puzzle air quotes that was pretty cool but i mean you had to slog through a whole lot of whiny max and chloe to get to that and i was like because it's just i was trying to make max tell chloe that she was leaving i'm like just get it out of the way what's wrong with you just tell her it's three days away she's probably gonna be pissed you haven't told her till now just freaking <laughs> tell her and the game literally wouldn't let me like wouldn't let me rush through wouldn't let me like skip steps and and the thing is it wasn't even like there were puzzles to solve. It was like you literally just had to look and listen to what Max had to say about like everything in the time capsule and, you know, everything in the attic. And it just, oh my God, it was such a slog. And it, it was because I knew at the end, because of when this all happens and, you know, what we know from Life is Strange and what I knew from just the little bit of Before the Storm, like where that starts, like I knew what was happening at the end of the episode. So that was kind of the other thing is because it was a prequel to everything we've ever seen from Life is Strange. It's like I knew what the big like 
bam moment at the end was going to be. And I will admit it was an emotional moment and it definitely got to me, but I'm like, I knew it was coming. Like I just played like an hour and a half of this game and like had to just wait and wait and wait for the payoff. And even then it was a payoff. I knew that was coming because it's a, it's a big giant plot point in both life is strange before the storm and the original life is strange. So I knew what was happening Mm -hmm. and I was just like, so I'm, I'm playing through this content to get to a point that I already know what, is happening like and, and especially like they don't even try to hide it it's like within the first like half hour of the content chloe says something along the lines of my parents should have been home by now and it's like well <laughs> yeah that just confirms what the big like finale is gonna be <laughs> they, they telegraph it uh, pretty pretty good like they they don't hide it and no. i will say that i enjoyed it a, a lot more than you did i think based on the merits that I had played through all of before the storm and this is sold as a bonus episode. So it's not really meant to be the, the prequel offering, but honestly, you know, long story short, I felt like this was the prequel people deserved because it is, it is the prequel that people wanted to explore. I think a lot of folks, well, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but for me personally, like I, like you didn't really care too much about rachel i cared about the mystery i didn't mm-hmm. need them to explain down to the nitty-gritty details their relationship between chloe and rachel because i thought the original game illustrated that quite well yeah and it's like the flipping yoda moment in clone clone wars you know like i don't need to know that he can do flips and use a lightsaber and, and face off against people i know he's a badass based on the fact that he's like a badass puppet but mm-hmm. like when you delve into that, you kind of ruin the mystery. And isn't that really, as you said, the whole point of Life is Strange, the mystery of the storm, the mystery of the powers. And in this prequel, when you look at it as a bonus, it really is just a way to have you experience those characters again. Because I'm, I I know for a fact that like, well, maybe not for a fact, I shouldn't be that matter of fact, but I know that <laughs> they're going to announce a sequel from the same Life is Strange team, Addy 3, new story, new characters, similar feel. And if they delve, if they if they double down on the on the sort of teenage side of it and don't look at the mystery, because that's what they did with Before the Storm. There was no mystery mm-hmm. there. It was just yeah. teenage. Which is why I hated bump. it so much. It was just stupid teenage drama with a mm. character I didn't like and a character mm. that wasn't around long enough for me to actually care about in Rachel. Like, you know, like I couldn't get past all of the Chloe that you had to wade through to get to Rachel. And it just, um, with no kind of driving story beats that involved anything outside of teenage drama, I just had no time for it. Not to mention, as I was playing through the prequel, as I was playing through um, the farewell bonus episode, I'm just sitting there going... Both Life is Strange Before the Storm, what little that I played, and original Life is Strange talked about how Max just totally, basically abandoned Chloe and stopped talking to her, didn't have time for her, everything else. And then you spend the entire farewell episode agonizing over your friendship. You leave her a recording about how you'll never stop being friends and you leave straight from her dad's funeral like a gigantic dick. Like... Seattle's not that far away. Why didn't her parents just leave her there with Chloe for a week? And then, like, I don't know. It just, I it made the character of Max 
so much less sympathetic. Like, I don't know. I almost wanted to see Max just be like totally detached from Chloe when she before she left in the first place. You know, it makes her actions when she moves. That is a big part of what makes Chloe Chloe. It it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. (laughs) Well, you're uh, I think you're giving like in a fantasy world. I think what you're saying is like, yeah, that totally should have happened. But in the real world, parents don't leave their kids at age 13 uh, with a grieving family. You know, like you're not going to burden a mother with that just lost her husband and and has to deal with two really upset kids. Again, I've never dealt with that. So similar to Before the Storm and Life is Strange, when I try to like relate to the characters, <laughs> like this is coming from someone who's never experienced uh, people who uh, lock uh, other people up and take photos of them naked. Never experienced that. <laughs> but I'm going to talk as if I have. And I, I, I don't know. I just for, well, for okay, me, so you're right, though. It's a bit of a dick move. A, as someone who was a 13 year old girl, <laughs> I okay. can say like. I mean, I was babysitting infants when I was 13. Like, you know, it just like the amount of responsibility that you or mm-hmm. the, at least that I had was like I I started working for like a multinational corporation when I was 15 in their head Whoa. office. Like I just it just doesn't make any sense to me that they'd be like, oh, no, she'll be a burden. She already said 300 times in farewell that she practically lived there she had a toothbrush there she you know spent her old childhood growing up playing at their house because her house sucked apparently for some unknown reason like it just it doesn't make any sense when you have like two families who are so i mean even the fact that chloe knew that um max was leaving ahead Mm -hmm. of time was because their parents are so close they talk all the time so if when you have two families that are as intertwined as Max and as we're supposed to believe Max and Chloe's were, I would think that if I were the parents on either side, it would seem to me that the decision I would make would be like, look, she doesn't need to lose two people who are like as close to her as two people can be both within a couple of days of each other. Hmm. It's going to be better for Max and Chloe if they stay together right now. So we'll go to Seattle. We'll get the house set up. We'll give them a week. Max can help Chloe grieve. And then Max will come and live with us. Like, they're 13. They're not a burden. You don't have to watch them every time. Like, the entire farewell episode is them at home alone. Like, they clearly True. don't need constant supervision. <laughs> and they didn't really do anything, like, to... They didn't do anything bad. No! <laughs> okay, so I want to I wanna rewind a little bit. Like, these are two good kids. Like, we see yeah. Chloe's getting straight A's. You literally get to look at her at her report card. She's doing like, better than she, Max. She you know? turned up a Bunsen burner a little bit higher in chemistry class, and that's the worst thing that this version of Chloe has ever done. She scared like, a rich kid. I mean, let's be <laughs> yeah, honest. Yeah, come on. And they're very, they're very easy, you know, prone to spookiness. Like, you just, you kind of, like slip a dime under the table and they jump but uh i don't know what that means but um uh first of all like the old toothbrush commitment thing i guess that makes sense like she had a toothbrush there <laughs> the toothbrush commitment so so uh max is or chloe's like ah there's a toothbrush here now she lives here and it's like well you got me there but okay like let's let's think of it this way are we both comfortable suggesting and again this is a video game we're probably delving way too deep into this but are we both comfortable well, suggesting think- that maybe both of their parents are just incapable of making good decisions. Like, when you look at this option and you see where Chloe ends up and you see the way her mother is kind of like, I don't understand what happened. You know, it's just you're a straight A's. And 
<laughs> and they don't, she doesn't even mention, I don't think, like, you know, is this because your dad died? It's like, it's never that. It's just like, I don't know what happened to you. Oh, what was me? I'm going to start dating step douche here. Like, I, 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 I wonder now, like, okay, is this game literally about this series about how kids know everything and mm-hmm. adults are stupid? Is this the Scooby-Doo syndrome, you know, like where... <laughs> Just all the adults are dumb. It seems like that. They all seem completely out of touch. And right, like out of touch is a better word. Or yeah. Better phrase. It's like they've forgotten what they were like at that age. I don't know. I forgot what it was like at that age, but like I wasn't working for a multi, you know, corporation. It's like, Justin Moffat, please hold. And I, that and literally is exactly what I was doing. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I remember when I was 13, it's like, Mom, I want to work at EB Games. And then she called and they said, they don't hire anybody under the age of 16. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to play Smash Brothers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess like from a bonus episode perspective, I liked what they did. They brought back the original voice actors. Uh, there was there was a bit of like, oh, we couldn't bring, we didn't bring them back because of the strike, but it actually works out. We were able to you know, just recast everybody. This is like 10 years or six years. It's actually not that far before. Like it's before the storm is a couple years. Yeah. And then farewell is like five years. So it makes no sense that logic, it was an excuse, basically a a really terrible excuse that they couldn't bring back the, uh, the voice actors. Uh, Otherwise. So, and okay. So you just mentioned the the timing and that's the other thing Mm. that didn't make a lot of sense to me because like they're, these little 13 year olds but then at the beginning of before the storm like there it looks like there's like eight months that has passed since max and chloe stopped talking right because like max at some point sends a message that says something like oh i have or chloe sends a message that says oh i haven't heard from you in six months or whatever blah 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 like that all seemed to happen really really close but then there's also supposed to be like 17 so i'm like mm. <laughs> i don't know maybe Maybe this whole before the storm thing was a successful gigantic experiment. Mis- oh, I was going to say a gigantic mistake. <laughs> In our opinion, but from what I understand, it's it's a it's a successful and popular prequel. But maybe the problem is all along, Jocelyn, that we're the out of touch adults. Maybe, and and, maybe. and that's fine. I'm fine being out of touch. I I I did not like before the storm. I enjoyed the entirety of Life is Strange. I liked Farewell uh, mainly because it it led it was the prequel we were looking for. It was le- it was exploring our favorite character to one of our favorite characters, <laughs> <laughs> and and leading up to a a moment that impacts Life is Strange to the maximum. It's it's Max leaving and Chloe losing her father. I. Agree. I was not aware that it happened on the same day. It's pretty stupid unlucky that it happened on the same day and kind of a huge mistake on the parents' parts to leave during the funeral and not yeah. say goodbye to your best friend. Yeah. What parent lets their kid do that on both sides? Like, yeah. now that you mention that, that is just astronomically, like, <laughs> stupid. Mind-blowingly like, crazy, right? <laughs> just... You're right. This is terrible. Let's move on. I want to talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just yeah. It, this is all all this negativity here is all your fault. You that you talked I, me into it, and I, I never I, should have touched Life is Strange again. All my fault, folks. I I could I take complete responsibility. And you know what? When they announce a Life is Strange two, we're not gonna talk about it. 
I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But next week, we're going to play an adventure game that I totally suggest to Jocelyn, and we'll be right back here before you know it. <laughs> it may not be that bad. It at least looks like it's got some intrigue to it as opposed Good. to just drama. So There is no teenage it, it, drama, just historical drama. Exactly. Mm. And I like history. I'm a big Perfect. fan of historical figures. So I'm on board. But uh, so I, as I was saying on uh, Monday's episode, I was traveling this weekend for HCT Toronto, which meant mobile titles. Yay. <laughs> which happened to coincide with one of my fra- favorite franchises. She played the of all Switch, time. everybody. Wait, what? I did not. I did not play the Switch. Um, oh. But yeah, one of my favorite franchises of all times, The Sims, launched on mobile. And I know I have been burned. <laughs> oh, so many times by so mobile titles and by The Sims. We're but... following up the negativity of Life is Strange with I've been burned by The Sims before. Just <laughs> yes. throwing that out there. Just go on, go on. But and I will say, so it is 100% a mobile title. Like it's mm-hmm. got all of the things that mobile titles have now. It has microtransactions and it is a kind of Paired down, and I say that in the same week that Fortnite has announced that they are actually launching a Fortnite mobile where it's the exact same game and you can literally play cross platform against people on PC. I don't even know how it's going to work. I don't know what it's going to feel like, but that is the thing that's also been announced. This is a traditional mobile version where they've ta- they've stripped it down to its bare bones, but it was still an enjoyable experience ish. <laughs> they they made some changes mm-hmm. to a traditional mobile style game that I really thought lent itself well to The Sims in general and made the mobile experience more fun. So um, you had to perform tasks which took an amount of time. So, for instance, going to work. So in traditional Sims... You like, and I'm talking like way back Sims 1, original Sims. The way that your Sims went to work is you had a carpool that would show up at a certain time of day. It would go away for six or eight hours or whatever the length of your shift was. It varied by whatever career you chose. And then your carpool would bring you back. And then you essentially had your kind of like evening and overnight of play at your house, unless it was one of your off days. And that's the way that old Sims worked. This works sort of similarly, except there's no carpool. You actually have to go to work. But then you have the option to either leave your sim there for a set amount of time. And you can't like fast forward the time like you could in original sims. But it takes like an hour to work a shift. Mm. Unless you sit there and actually play the game. And then you can complete tasks. So like uh, my first career, and I think it's just the default first career in the game, was to go and be a barista. So you could like wipe down tables and you could um, like make coffee for patrons and gossip with coworkers. And the more of those tasks you completed, the shorter your time went. So you could sit there and play for probably it took about three minutes, maybe tops and like do a whole bunch of tasks. And then you've completed your day at work. Or you could say it's like send your sim to work. It would take an hour and you can walk away. And it's so it's basically like the concept of I can do it myself, but it'll take longer or the player can help the sim and it'll go faster. So I really like that because it's so much different than a traditional like you have to like a cooldown period on a mobile game. Like you can only play for so long before you hit a wall where it says like either buy your way into more time or you have to sit and wait for two hours before you're allowed to play the game again. Both of those feel really bad. 
so this is a way of kind of combining those two features in like a in a play style or like a you know cooldown style like you still have the players playing your game but also the cooldown that mobile seems to gravitate towards Mm -hmm. do you um this is related to the sims but i have this weird problem maybe it's not a problem but just this like weird kick where i'll see a mobile game and it's usually advertised on instagram or facebook and i'm that guy who clicks on the play game button if it looks interesting and if it's free to play and it captures my attention i might download it play it for like a couple weeks on and off and just get that like good feedback loop from a great free-to-play game where Mm -hmm. you're just i don't know if it's the dopamine hit or it's filling bars or it's just clicking buttons and making stuff do just do like is that where you're what you're getting from from the sims game and it just so happens to be sort of heightened by the fact that it's you know the weird gobbledygook voices and and beep-a-bop-bop and all that fun stuff. I don't know. I haven't played. Yeah, I mean, there is still like there's like build mode and buy mode. So mm-hmm. you get to customize your your house and everything else. And you can um, like, hey, if you the more social accounts you connect, the more people you can potentially play with. So you can connect. Um, you can connect. Let's see. Uh, Google Play, which is what I've connected because I'm on Android. And mm-hmm. then uh, also, so I guess whatever the Apple equivalent is, I can't remember now. Uh, you can do your EA account, your Facebook account, your Twitter account. And I feel like one or two other things. So then the people who are going to populate your game are going to be people from your actual friends list. So right now I'm just playing with other random Android users because I don't have anybody on my Google Play friends list. Because I haven't played a lot of mobile games. Like when I was playing a lot of mobile games, I was on Apple. So now that I'm on Android, I just never like it's I've only had the Android for not even a year yet. And I haven't been into mobile gaming. So the uh, yeah, the more of your social things that you connect, the more of your actual friends you're going to see in your game, which I feel like is is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it still it still has kind of the traditional elements of The Sims, although the only thing that you manage is energy. So normally like Sims have like way back in Sims one, it was things like um, hygiene and bladder and food and energy and um, entertainment. Uh, There was like eight different things that you had to manage for your Sim to keep them happy. And there isn't any of that anymore. The only thing you have to manage is energy. And so if I go work a shift, you have like 30 energy then by the time I'm done a shift, I might have 10 energy so I can go home and I can sleep and I can get a whole bunch of energy back. And I found it really interesting. And maybe it's because I'm just at the start of the game. But like I went and slept and it I think the timer on it was like one minute or two minutes or something. And then right. my whole energy was filled up again. And I was like, oh, this is great. I was expecting like this to be the traditional like mobile cooldown, right? Is the you know, now you have to sleep for literally eight real time hours <laughs> before you can come back and play the game again. But they didn't do that. So uh, it is the only thing that you have to manage. But then you're like, um, I guess the bars that you're filling up are your career level, your character level and like your relationship level with different people. So Um, I'm still not that far. I've only played a few hours of it, but um, it was at least it was an enjoyable experience, even though I mean, it's like I said, it still does have all the microtransactions and kind of trappings of a mobile game in that way you can pay real money to unlock things sooner, which I hate, but you know, is a thing. 
<laughs> so, you but it. you can also, yeah, exactly. You don't have to do it. You can also just play the game and eventually earn things. There's a lot of things um, that are unlockable as your sim progresses in level or in level is in the career. I'm not quite sure what the rewards are for like progressing your relationships, but um, your sim also evolves over time because you can unlock different traits as you kind of level up your sim. So there is some stuff to do. It's been uh, pretty cool. I think anybody who likes like the um, house customization stuff of the Sims will probably like Sims Mobile. Although again, a lot of that stuff is locked behind um, like levels or just time spent in your career and stuff mm. because they've implemented these like uh, keys isn't the right word badges maybe so it's like you have to have a certain number of badges that let you buy furniture so it's like I had enough money to buy a shower but then I didn't have like the one furniture token and so I had to like level up in my career to get a furniture token and I was like this is really stupid because I already like earned all of the in-game dollars that I was supposed to and I couldn't purchase any new furniture for my house. So it's a kind of, it, like it's it's kind of a weird system, but uh, at least it didn't turn me off right away. And there hasn't been anything that's been like really in my face, like bye 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 bye. So like I said, it has some interesting features that are different um, than traditional mobile games, but it still does have a lot of that crap. So it's it's okay. And if anything, it kind of. Um, makes me again want to go back and try a sims game because like and i feel like i might just go back to sims 3 instead of trying sims 4 because uh yeah i just i i like that gameplay loop i like you know managing all of my different family members and building the, doing all the build mode stuff and i like the gameplay loop of the sims and so this doesn't necessarily scratch that itch if anything it gave me the itch to play the sims again so I don't know. There's, there's got to still be some good in that franchise. It's got to be there somewhere. <laughs> mobile games. It's uh, oh, there's a bad joke in there, but I'm not gonna say it. But yeah, mobile games are weird. <laughs> they, they kind of get you interested in in playing like the full fledged product. And uh, I know when I was doing some traveling, once I got back to work, I, I was like, I really want to play mobas, so I'm gonna play this moba on a phone. And it's like, it's not Heroes of the Storm, but it, it feels like a moba, so I'm enjoying it for what it is. And so do you think, I don't know, I'm not familiar with the Sims sort of development process, but are they still pumping out expansions for Sims 4? Or are they like looking at a Sims 5 at this point? So they are, um, they are still putting out content. I can't remember what um, the most recent release Mm -hmm. was for the sims 4 hang on let's see um i know people i keep seeing people talk about it but yeah so yeah up into february 6th oh no okay um let's see there hasn't there's been a bunch of patches but there hasn't been like a necessarily oh no wait this is all just patch releases hmm Oh, here we go. Uh, Cats and Dogs was the last thing that was added, and that was November 10th, 2017. And then um, Jungle Adventure was the last game pack that was added. Um, And then so they're kind of like, there's three tiers now of Sim expansions. There's like the actual expansion packs, which um, usually have core gameplay changes. 
And then there's the game packs, which sometimes add like one new area or a couple new careers or new building types or something. And then there's stuff packs, which is literally like the third tier. And it's just a whole bunch of like furniture and clothes, basically. So there's like three tiers of, of content that gets added to The Sims. Um, so, I mean, they are still the last expansion pack, like I said, was in November 2017. And there's been a stuff pack and um, a game pack since Cats and Dogs was added. And those have been in 2018. So I'm not quite sure if they I'm sure we're going to get a Sims 5 eventually because The Sims is the kind of franchise that's been around just forever so there's no way that they're not going to keep that going it's one of their only remaining big huge franchises that they haven't totally screwed up so even though i think they've totally screwed it up but (laughs) they've certainly done their darndest to screw it up yeah i mean it's been around since like literally the year 2000 so apparently i'm looking at the franchise has sold over 2 million copies worldwide so it's one of the best selling video game series of all time there's going to be a five. There's going to be a five. <laughs> well, we can all look forward to peeing on the floor and virtual sim. Whatever. That's all I remember is I just remember not forgetting to put a door in and then finding that someone has pissed themselves. It's uh, really <laughs> embarrassing from a building code perspective and just a human being perspective. It's just, yeah. And But I mean, like, it's interesting that you, you ask about a Sims 5, though, because, I mean, Sims 4 came out in 2014. So it has been quite a while yeah since the last base sims game um there although there were so there was five years between sims 3 and sims 4 and five years between sims 2 and sims 3 so it might be that 2019 will be the release of our next sims game um which i hope that they have i don't know i don't know what this what the sales are like between the actual like franchises like comparing sims 1 2 3 and 4 um I, I would hope that they saw a drop off after Sims 3 and, you know, hope that they're listening to the community. And I, I hope the community's on the same page as I am. But mm. um, I do know I also have a lot of people I follow on Twitter who have been in really enjoying The Sims 4. So maybe I just need to give it yet another chance. This always happens. I either really want to play The Sims and I go back into 4 and I get disappointed or there's a big huge sale because there's a new expansion coming out. And so I like I literally own all of the expansions, at least for Sims 4. Actually, I'm not sure if I actually bought Cats and Dogs. Um, oh, you have to now. I, yeah, I have to now. <laughs> Can't but stop. yeah, I own literally every Sims game and all the expansions ever made. So um, except for some of the stuff, the stuff packs and things in Sims 4, but hmm. I don't know, maybe it's worth, maybe it's worth poking at again. I don't know. I always say this. I always get disappointed. <laughs> Ryan's just like, no, please no. I don't want to talk about EA and the Sims anymore. The EA is this company that, uh, runs I, popular franchises into the ground. Yeah. I, <laughs> I honestly, I, I, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda was shame on you. Star Wars Battlefront 2 was shame on me. And uh, I'm not going to say the people who like really came out of the woodwork to say we were bad people for buying that game were right. They were wrong to do what they did. But I think that game has many issues and EA is going to like 2018 needs to be the year where EA says like, we need a win and we need a win. And (laughs) they delayed Anthem into 2019. So I don't know what that win looks like. And for me, it's not Battlefield 5 that goes to World War II. I mean, I 
I don't know if I can do the the first person shooter multiplayer, you know, war game anymore. I just don't think mm-hmm. those are for me. And I, like, unless EA has something. Well, what like, if it has a battle royale mode, Ryan? Because everyone knows that's the way to make your game sell these days. <laughs> We're gonna talk about something later on. We and are. I watched some of those clips, and like, I don't think I want to play battle royale games anymore either. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not that good. And I don't have a multi-million dollar record company behind me either. So I can't, I just not good at it. (laughs) Well, how good are you at Into the Breach? Because that's our last game to talk about before we actually get into the whole Battle Royale discussion. But (laughs) what is Into the Breach and what did you think of it? So Into the Breach is a fantastic little game that's out now on Steam. And it's by the guys who did FTL subset games did you ever play ftl faster than light no wait no i'm thinking of kerbal space program which you, is not the same thing <laughs> i don't i can't remember when ftl came out but i'm sure i own it i'm sure i own it because i know a lot of people were talking about it i'm yeah. sure i own it so this game is sort of along those lines it's it's a roguelike it's a progressing forward type game so in this in in into the breach you have a team of three mechs, and the idea is that you have time travel on your side. And the breach is how you time travel. You go into the breach to reset the timeline. So what happens is you are trying to save the world from the Vec, which are these like starship trooper type bugs. And the idea is it's all randomly generated maps, uh, randomly generated enemies, and randomly gener- generated uh, objectives. So you come in. And you have your three mechs, and those aren't randomly generated. Those are uh, set up in a way, they're like your, they're your skill set. So you know if you choose the intro mechs, you're going to have like a traditional body mech uh, that can punch and, and do that sort of fun stuff. And then you're going to have an artillery mech and then a tank mech. And you, the way those mechs work, you can use within the battlefield. It's all grid-based, it's turn-based, you move your units around and and uh, do your actions in that way but it's all telegraphed so it's very strategic but in a puzzle way so think of it as as like checkers basically or i guess actually chess would be the better way to put it thank (laughs) you uh it's like chess where each of the pieces on the board have a different move set and it's it's usually i think it's like a six by six grid and you have to protect so i stream the game uh, this week and it's it's really tough to explain but once you get in and you start playing and you appreciate sort of this repetitive puzzle loop you can get caught in this moment where you're just pushing yourself forward and it's super addicting so <laughs> the whole point is to try to save that timeline from the vec invasion and the way you do that is you have like a power grid so that's your like that's your ability to take hits there's a lot of ways to get game over so your power grid you start at three on your power grid and the way you lose to the power grid is when the vec attack buildings and that affects your power grid think of it as like your that timeline's health basically okay so when that health depletes to zero you enter the breach you warp your pilots out so each mech has a pilot which gives Mm it bonus abilities so you work your you warp your pilot out And then that starts a new timeline. So you jump into a new timeline to try to save that one from the VEC. So essentially, even if you beat the game, which we did beat the game on stream, when you beat the game, 
it just resets and you go into a new timeline to fight off the Vec. And I know to some people that'd be like, well, why would I want to replay the game after beating it? And that's where the replayability comes in. You can complete up to four islands. So there are the islands that you're trying to wipe the Vec clean off of. And you can finish two islands and then go to the final mission. Or you can finish up to four islands and then go to the final mission. And the further you progress, the harder that final mission is going to be. And so there's Wait, always... the harder it's going to be? So yeah. doing more islands makes the final mission harder? You get more you get more powers, so you're not... So oh, okay. The final mission scales with your progress, is the way they put it. So when mm. you go into the final mission, you're not going to stomp it just because you, you finished four missions. Think of it this way. The longer you take to eliminate the Vec for good, the longer, the more chances they're going to have to populate and strengthen... To prepare. For, okay, for, to that prepare makes sense. ...for the final mission. But you're also collecting power-ups and stuff. And, right. And... The puzzle component comes in on the grid because when you're when you're fighting and you're preparing for battle, you can tell the order of every enemy. The uh, the they telegraph all their attacks, so you see everything coming and you see where it's going, and that allows you to play with the well. This guy's targeting my one town, and I don't really want to take a hit to the grid, so I'm going to run over and punch him, which is going to push him over a square, and then he's going to attack attack the air. Oh, but now if I do that, I have two more characters to try to push two other characters or eliminate two other things. And there's like strategy for, you know, you don't even have to do damage to someone. You can just push them into other enemies and they'll take damage. Mm. So there's a lot of these intricate chess moves that you can do where you might not actually hit a single enemy, but you'll push them around in a way where they're missing their targets or they're over top of a spawning point so if you push an enemy over a spawning point they take a a hit of damage and you don't have another enemy pop up on the board which is always a bonus and if you want you can even block that spawning point yourself uh, and take that hit of damage and sometimes that's worth it to not have another high-powered enemy appear on screen while you're trying to take out the rest of your friendly Mm -hmm. folks so there's a lot of puzzle-like strategy to that but then there's also the strategy of min-maxing your heroes as you gain more power-ups and abilities through progressing through the main game. So you're going to unlock powers and weapons and additional like level-ups, like power cores, I guess, that you use to power your weapons and stuff. It's a very deep game once you get into it. And it seems like. <laughs> yeah, like it, and, I, and I, I know I'm so, like kind of like widespread shotgun shell on this thing, but like that's kind of the meat and potatoes of the game is is those mechanics and um honestly super addicting stuff so it's a strategy type game where Mm. you're like influencing and moving your opponents around as well as like just doing your attacks and stuff so i'm kind of picturing like a mario and rabbit sort of a thing a little bit. Yay or nay, little bit, kind of, baby? A little bit. Like, there, there is that mechanic. There's a lot of mobility to it. So mm. sometimes you, uh, sometimes the maps will have, like, uh, weather events. They call them cataclysmic events that you can use to your advantage. And those are all telegraphed as well. So, for example, there's one map where the tide is coming in. There's a tidal wave coming in. So every turn... Uh, yellow warnings pop up on the fringe of the map to tell you, hey, Mm. these are going to be water tiles next. So if a bug stops 
on that water tile and it can't fly, you can just leave it because you know the first it's thing it's going to get happen. flooded and drown. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So there are a lot of those like, oh, I don't have to worry about him because he just killed himself. So I can I can focus on my other guys. Mm-hmm. And the best part about the strategy for this whole thing is that there is an undo button for your movement. You can <laughs> unlimited undo buttons for your movement. So if you move a character and you're like, okay, I know I want him to attack here. You can actually see what that looks like. You can move him over and telegraph your attack and say, no, no, that's not going to work and hit undo and move the guy back. So it, do- it doesn't commit your move until you do an attack. And then if you colossally screw up, you can reset your turn once per battle. So mm. say you think oh, once per battle, so yeah. not once per turn. Okay. No. So it's, it's like a, it, it falls within the mechanic of the story where it's like you hit that reset and it's like, huh, deja vu or, oh, weird. That felt funny. You know, mm-hmm. my stomach hurts. And it's just because you've, <laughs> you've entered the breach to rewind at least that one right. turn per battle. And it allows you to kind of say, oh, I know how I'm going to do this. I need to move this guy there. I need to take that guy out. And this will allow me to survive this turn, whether it's I get I get to keep one of my pilots alive who would have died or I get to move attacks around in a way where the 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 cities aren't getting hit. But then you might find, oh, crap, I forgot about this guy or I accidentally killed one of my dudes by doing that plan, which has happened. Uh, And you can hit reset and try it again. And again, you can only do it once. So it's you got to be certain but uh, I think last night when I was playing, or Tuesday night when I was playing, one of those occurrences came up where I was like, crap, I set up the bugs uh, to take the base, basically. So I had to kind of hit the reset or else I was I was going to get game over. Right. Um, but I've only gotten game over once. There's only one game over, and I believe when all of your pilots are dead. So when a mech, when a mech's health goes to zero, your pilot dies... And you can keep controlling that mech in the next battle because AI takes over. But when you when all your pilots die, you get game over and you have to start a new game, which means you're you're starting from scratch. um, More so, you don't have a pilot. But when you when you fail a timeline, like let's say the grid goes down or uh, or you you fail the final mission, it warps you out into a new timeline and when you start a new timeline you can choose one of your pilots to come with you and Mm. normally you would choose the pilot that has had the most xp or uh yeah has has the most cool powers or something exactly so you're gonna pull that pilot out and be like okay well the one pilot my that i still have in my playthrough now that i was uh, able to beat the game with he had an ability where i could i could drop him at any point in the map and when he drops he does like a titanfall and he, mm. he hurts everyone around him for one damage, which is super helpful because sometimes there are bugs with one or two health and chipping them away at, at that is really helpful. Um, so yeah, I, the strategy of the game just, it really, you know, tickles my fancy for like Fire Emblem and XCOM because it has that like turn-based strategy, but they're like, they're short. I, yeah, I like the idea that they're random every time too, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like you can just go look up a, a oh my god what's the word i'm looking for a Strategy, guide guide, go. yeah. a guide yeah <laughs> and then and kind of like cheat your way through 
it's nice that they're they're random levels every time. So it sounds really cool, and it's mm. from the developers of FTL. So uh, how much does it actually cost on Steam? Is it fairly affordable? It's Fifteen US, so about eighteen dollars Canadian. It's it's I, Not in bad. my opinion that's really good for a game like this. Like the replay value is through the roof. I've put seven hours into it, and I've only played uh, with two of the squads. And, you know, when you say there's no strategy guide, like there's strategy, there wouldn't be strategy guides to the meat of the game, which is the maps. You're always going to be playing right. new maps, but there would be part of the fun of the game is, is trying to figure out the strategy of the new of the squads you unlock as you go forward. So mm -hmm. as you're unlocking achievements and stuff, you're earning coins and those coins are used to unlock squads. And, and we did that on stream where I unlocked another one and we played, we played as that one and it's completely different. So you have to adapt for the first five hours you've been playing as one squad and then you change and you have to adapt for that one as well. So mm -hmm. the replay value is kind of through the roof. And uh, so it's available on PC now. I think they're targeting Mac, a Mac version at some point. And FTL came to iPad and I think it came to Switch. I can't remember. But a lot of people are saying like this needs to be on, on mobile, you know? Yeah. So, which I agree with. It, it would be perfect for a large touchscreen and, and actually feel really good as you're like sliding the units around and stuff mm -hmm. but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely play more i've been really enjoying it and, and people are losing their minds over this game so yeah. awesome well maybe i'll give it a shot too mm -hmm. all right so before we get into our topic of the week this week we are going to remind everyone that if you like the show and you would like to support us you can go on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in we also have a Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord where you can come and talk to us about Gamers in Proper or Shipwrecks and Shanties. We have Sea of Thieves that is actually releasing next week or uh, Fire Emblem Heroes as well. You guys have your Summoner's Call podcast. So mm -hmm. all of those communities can be found at bit.ly slash TGI Discord as well as the access to we're going to play Heroes later on tonight. So if you are already a patron of the Gamers in, you can jump in with us to play some Heroes. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we will pull you guys in from the TGI Discord when we are ready to get underway. So, again, that's patreon.com slash thegamersin. Thank you guys so much for all of the support. We also have a patron ad this week from Simon who says, Weekly News Desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week. Join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. That brings us to our topic of the week this week. We are talking all about Ninja and Drake playing Fortnite and smashing records over on Twitch. So, Ryan, this happened very late last night. Did you happen to catch any of the stream? Yeah. So, like, Drake's a buddy of mine because Toronto's just up the street. <laughs> That's and, how that works. All yeah, us Canadians know each other. <laughs> we all know, especially the ones that have a major rap career and starred in one of my favorite shows as a child, Degrassi. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, he's in that show and uh, shit happens. But... Um, yeah, I didn't watch it, actually. I watched a clip of it, and I was I was finding it hard to understand. I know, you know, I understand why it's a big deal. But what I didn't like about it was, like, everyone's like, oh, man, Epic and their money, poor PUBG. It's like, this had nothing to do with money, right? Like, Drake just really likes to play video games? Or am I wrong? Uh, I'm not, I missed the, you know, how they ended up on stream together thing. I don't know if it was a promotional thing or what, but, um... Man, it was entertaining. And the thing that I love about Ninja is that he is a very entertaining and positive streamer who's also very, very good at the game. So he's kind of like built his career 
by not being an asshole, which Perfect. it sounds like, well, it sounds like something that should be kind of like intuitive, right? But, you know, like there have been a lot of personalities and I'm not going to point any fingers, but there have mm. been a lot of personalities on YouTube and Twitch who have kind of like built their empire around being a ragey gamer. And Ninja is not like that. He's really good at Fortnite and he's very positive and he's a really nice guy. And he's kind of like built a very positive community through all of this. So I think it's fantastic that he's um, like getting this such a huge following. And, and yeah. I mean, got so the, the records that he's smashing are like so last night, the stream with Drake was over 600,000 viewers, which is insane. The official wow. previous record for Twitch was 310,000 for one stream. And this isn't counting um, things like uh, Overwatch League or like Hearthstone World Championships or League of Legends World Championships. Like these are they're talking. Uh, these are the records for like single streamer personal stream. Yeah, personal streams. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the previous agreed upon record was 310,000. And I believe both Dr. Disrespect and somebody else within the last um six weeks had kind of surpassed those numbers but we didn't have like a confirmation of like what the new record was and then ninja just came in and destroyed it <laughs> so so he so you're saying like he's a he's a nice he's a nice guy he's one of the good guys streaming yeah he's Twitch. just super good at the game and yeah. uh, and an and, and entertaining and but yeah nice about it he's I, not an <laughs> i was having a conversation at work and it was one of those conversations of like you know, if you want to succeed in the real world, you um, you you, sh you just don't act like an asshole. Oftentimes, if you're a real asshole, you don't last very long. And I know there are right. examples out there. There's always like the, you know, that 1% of folks that, you know, get to prosper by being assholes. But usually, uh, if you're a bad person, um, like the people who, who act on Twitch, and I know this isn't the topic, but I can't stand mm -hmm. them. I can't stand people on Twitch who are like, Grr, I'm angry and I'm playing video games and and that Throwing attracts controllers and keyboards. And... Yeah, there was a story we didn't talk about, but it was related to the whole like Twitch is like, hey, we're gonna hold you accountable for uh, your audience mm. and the everyone... change of the TOS changes. Yeah, yeah. everyone lost. Uh, you know, some people lost their mind, and it was actually a Kotaku article, and I was reading it. It's like, man, these babies are like crying as if uh, <laughs> as if their audience they shouldn't be held accountable for the audience that they've sort of. Foster. The community they've cultivated cultivated. Yeah, so it's nice to know that this guy is is a decent, you know, and maybe some of the people who who do act like the bad boys are actually, you know, decent human beings in, in real world. But with this guy, if he's, a, he's he's a really good guy and he's breaking these records and he's really good. I saw some of the footage and it's like he's he's superhuman, you know, in the way yeah. he's able to shoot uh no scope and build and yeah. like I've played Fortnite and those controls are not that easy uh, or intuitive. And seeing him sort of flip back and forth between build and shoot mode is yep. kind of really, really it's impressive. It's godlike. Godlike. Yeah. You can always, <laughs> godlike. You know, it's impressive. And so here's what I understand. So Drake, did he just, did he know this guy or did he say like, hey, I'm Drake and I want to play video games with you. Is that okay? To be honest. I do not know. See, that's that's know, where Ninja, I'm curious. Like this, the yeah, record Ninja's smashing, getting... it's, it's Drake. You know, of course they <laughs> smashed records. Well, and see, that's kind of what makes this so great and so interesting mm -hmm. is that, you know, they had, I think, um, 
somewhere around the 300k mark watching them from kind of like generic Twitch viewers. Right. And then Drake tweeted it out and their like numbers doubled. And at one point uh, when they were around the 450,000 viewers mark, uh, Twitch's viewers were around 900,000, like on all of Twitch on the whole platform. So that meant that more than half of Twitch's viewers at that point in time were actually watching Ninja's stream, which is insane to have that kind of viewer concentration on one stream when there's so much content on Twitch. Mm. So um, what what I like and what I find really interesting about this story and the way it played out is that this was kind of like, because the thing is, it started off with Ninja Drake and then they had other personalities, including, I believe it was an NFL player. Yeah, Juju I might be getting Smith, there. Schuster, yeah. NFL player. I don't know who that is. Yeah, so um, he is, like, they had an NFL player on there. He was tweeting it out. He came onto the platform for the first time. I think he streamed today for the first time on his own Twitch channel. Hmm. Um, and so what what that did was kind of, like, bring the Twitch platform into a more, like, to a more mainstream audience. And it was really interesting because it's kind of this, it's down the same vein as, you know, what, um, putting Heroes of the Storm's um, HGC stuff on ESPN did. It's like it's introducing esports and Twitch as an entertainment platform to a much, much wider audience. Like, Twitch is what I do for a living, so I'm very obviously familiar with the platform, mm -hmm. and as are all my friends, but I live in a very tiny gamer bubble. Like, when it comes to the big, wide world, and I say, oh, I'm a Twitch streamer, you're a what now? <laughs> like, it's... It takes a little bit of explaining. Well, yeah, when you so, look at the numbers, like 600,000 being a record breaking for one, let's say, television show. Like, right. The Walking Dead gets like between, you know, 7 million watchers of a premier right. episode on a premium cable channel is a bad night, you know. Right. So it but it is nice to see progression uh, because there are a lot of gamers out there and Twitch is making all this stuff more accessible and it's opening up these games like we were jo I was joking before, like Fortnite's not my, you know, ba Battle Royale, cup anything is in my <laughs> cup of tea, but the technical play that they're offering, this is like watching StarCraft players. Like I like me some StarCraft, but the technical play of people who are really good at it at the esports level present like a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see that, you know, Drake can can kind of permeate that and come in and be like, hey, actually, I'm a gamer, too, and I like to stream. And I I guess I just get caught up in the whole, like, where did this come from? And I'm not a conspiracy yeah. theorist. I don't care. Even if this was a paid opportunity, I think I still think it's really cool. But like people like the PR company that that runs their work for Fortnite is I think it's Evolve. And they were like, nah, this is just a happy accident, <laughs> you know, because famous people, celebrities, they're humans too. They play video games. Um, so I've been told. So like, it's, that's neat. But you were going to say like the, this record smashing, like it's, it's, it's the next step mm -hmm. is what you're thinking. I'm just looking it up now because now mm. I'm super duper interested on how this actually happened and, it, and everything i can find just said drake drake dropped in on uh ninja's channel it doesn't say and it was cross-platform too he was playing on a ps4 yeah. and he was on his pc obviously and uh it's really interesting to see if 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 cross-platform play didn't exist this moment wouldn't have happened 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, Ninja would still be streaming, but Drake wouldn't have been able to join in. And I, and I think this is also a really great step forward to prove that true cross-platform play is beneficial to all players and mm-hmm. all companies. You know, like, let's get past the whole, like, oh, I don't want him playing on my sandbox. Because right now, Xbox One has cross-platform play with PC, PC, Xbox, Mac, and iOS. But mm-hmm. then, and, and then on PS4, it's the same, except no Xbox and PS4. Yeah, no Xbox, PS4, yeah. And so. it's so funny because, I mean, there's... The PlayStation excuse for the longest time was basically saying, like, we don't want to expose our gamers to an ecosystem that we don't control. And that was always their kind Mm. of story when they were talking about, like, why they didn't have crossplay with Xbox. But now that they have crossplay with all these other platforms, it's total, complete bullshit. And so I would really like to, yeah, I would really like to see them kind of... um, admit that and just like let xbox and playstation people play together like i really would because you're right i it's good for consumers it's good for companies like man it's it's so nice and uh, Mm -hmm. granted it's it's an xbox exclusive we're not talking about xbox and playstation here but just the fact that i can just buy sea of thieves and I don't need to worry about whether, you know, Civ is buying it on Xbox or PC or where I might want to play it. The fact that I can just be like, OK, I now own a game. And as long as my friends own the game, we can play together. Yeah. Like, and that's, it's just it's good for everyone. And yeah. and it's not like it's going to then let people just actually play on their favorite platform instead of getting like either forced into a platform or not buying the game at all which you know i've i've definitely gone down the road of like well i never really play my xbox so i'm just gonna pass on this game Mm -hmm. whereas if i knew it was you know available to me on xbox playstation or whatever then maybe i would actually think about picking it up because like our playstation's always plugged in it's where i watch twitch and where i watch netflix that's literally what i use it for and uh, the Xbox isn't even plugged in right now, so no. <laughs> my PS4 isn't plugged in. I I I, uh, I moved it. It was it was in my office. I just moved it to the side, and I just haven't plugged it back in yet. But I, and I know I, like there's always going to be platform mm-hmm. exclusive content. But if there is a game that is available on all the different platforms that has a multiplayer component, I really don't see the reason why you would ever like your audience and yeah i don't know there it just was, seems silly it's <laughs> and it's, i think this is proof that it actually like fortnite is proof that letting you know pc and playstation and xbox like letting everybody play together is just a better way to build an audience like well, this audience is huge <laughs> yeah and uh yeah, a couple things like you kind of look at what PUBG did in the summer with the whole like lawsuit stink and everyone kind of like really guys like don't worry about it it's just this weird save the world thing you don't have to worry about it and now it's it's literally it's gotten out of control and PUBG's sitting there and it's like oh guys oh no I, I, PUBG? I, I, well okay first of all fortnite hmm. and PUBG are not the same game no they're I not think that, like they are they're different experiences and they have the same sort of thing in that they're both battle royales, but I mean, they're not, they don't play the same at all. Um, but even then, if you're going to compare Fortnite and PUBG at a one-to-one ratio and say like, 
oh, yeah, this is, you know, the same game or whatever. They're direct competitors, which I still don't believe either way. But if you're going to compare the two, PUBG has no one to blame but themselves. Like, they took a shit ton of money from consumers and they have done next to nothing when it comes to actually optimizing their game. What they've been worried about is microtransactions and making more money and, you know, but their game is still broken. Like, literally, Tuesday night I was streaming, Mm -hmm. playing with Gotti, we were riding on a motorcycle and all of a sudden <laughs> it down the middle of the road for no reason glitched up onto the power lines for like five seconds and then like basically died when we hit the ground again. Another time within the last week I was playing with um, I was playing with Siv and we were driving down the middle of the road and we just died. We weren't even out of the zone. It was like we hit an invisible wall and our car exploded driving down the middle of the road like PUBG's broken. PUBG has been broken. <laughs> like, I've been saying forever. this for months, people. Yes. <laughs> like, no, it is. It is. It's broken. And so, uh, like, Blue Hole and the PUBG Corporation really don't have anyone to blame for Fortnite's success except themselves. I, like, and and mm. they didn't even optimize their PC version before sending it over to Xbox. They just wanted to get themselves on as many platforms and steal as much money as they could. Like, they're laughing all the way to the bank. Xbox is worse off than PC when it comes to like crazy janky crappy shit like I just yeah. oh <laughs> I'm trying not to rant too much about PUBG but oh my god <laughs> no I I mean I've uh, this makes me feel like a bad person but when Fortnite started to explode I was like thank you show <laughs> you gotta you gotta show that in in this day and age yes there are games that are popular they have a jank to them and that's fine and sometimes that adds to the charm you know like rust and uh arc you know they have that jank to them but people still find the fun mm -hmm. but to me with my limited time to play games i really 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 don't want to have to battle your jank just <laughs> give me something that you works you should still be able to get in there right like yeah. <laughs> and fortnite works and you know what's great about fortnite fortnite has this amazing uh what soon to play soon to be free to play mode where you can go in play with your friends cooperative there's a story ashley birch is in there as a video actress it's amazing i didn't know that they were making like the or i guess mm. not single player but i didn't realize they were making like the co-op campaigns free to play too yep it actually should be well it should have been free to play by now but i think the whole battle royale thing kind of exploded but mm. it, it, the idea is to make that free to play at some point and it was only pay to pay to play uh during this beta phase right so i don't know what hmm. their current projection is but i thought it was february but obviously it's been march now so they've missed that yeah. deadline but i i you know part of me feels bad for for feeling you know this giddiness when fortnite's doing so well but i i also look at what uh, i saw on twitter you know um the head of microsoft games basically tweeting the fortnite was tweeting someone saying like oh we really want crossplay across all platforms and fortnite's like so do we and then the head of xbox is or head of microsoft games says hey so do we the public story is that sony is just holding this up and but they are still a major platform holder right like they they are number one console in in the world and they are part of this story because mm -hmm. you know drake was playing on his playstation 4 so sony's sitting there it's like well why should we give in like we're still winning and I, and I think that as an attitude that makes sense but at but at a certain point like you probably want to 
give in on this side of things like it mm-hmm. just seems really petty to be like holding that over like competition's good you know and i think that's why it's great that the switch is doing so well because but it's, i don't think it's doing well enough to make sony kind of change their tune on this stuff yeah um so microsoft really needs to get some games out to kind of make sony feel the burn a, a bit i don't know but, yeah yeah it's interesting that uh the, I, I was so surprised when i saw this news story because it just it reeks of what the hell video games what are you doing now <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's so strange like Dr- i know drake is a human being and he plays video games and everything and but like him him and a bunch of other rappers and nfl players and and kim.com where the heck that is like popping into a Fortnite well, stream. And so, like, so the thing is, I feel like I'm not sure how the original like Ninja and Drake thing happened, but then mm. it's like, well, then Drake is the in with all the other yeah. people, right? That's the thing. He's so, the famous guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and when he, like I said, when he tweeted it out, he's got like over 35 million Twitter followers, I think. So when he tweeted that out, it literally, t- it got like something, almost 10,000 retweets in 25 seconds. <laughs> like just the reach that he has like i'm not surprised that other no. like celebrity character celebrity characters celebrities period <laughs> wanted to get in on on this stream like i mean it was it was huge and i and i really think it's great because it does highlight the fact that you know like yes we might be the hardcore gamers in that like we're playing all the games we're podcasting about it right and streaming on twitch about it right now like mm-hmm. we are definitely in the hardcore crowd but that doesn't mean that people like, you know, Drake and other musicians and, you know, like my brother and everybody plays some like the amount of people that are actually gamers now yeah. is huge. And it like it's an expansive crowd. So I feel like um, the more people who are kind of in the not necessarily hardcore crowd, but still are gamers, the more of them who realize that which is a thing that like this is something that we we kind of struggle with when we're covering Hearthstone all the time because it's like we're the people in I'm talking about Garrett and Dills and I we are the hardcore Hearthstone players we're playing every day we're reading the forums we're looking at like Hearthhead and Hearthpone and you know watching all the news and we're really up to date and it's sometimes hard to understand what it's like for people who just downloaded Hearthstone as a mobile app and aren't mm. as plugged into the community. And how do they get their information and how much do they know? And I feel like it's the same sort of thing here. It's like we are really plugged into the Twitch ecosystem. But there's so many gamers out there that aren't, that maybe don't even know that Twitch exists, like don't know about streaming, don't know about all this other stuff. So to see someone with the reach that Drake has actually participating in this part of our gamer culture i think is amazing and i want to see more of it because i think it opens up twitch as a platform and it does a lot of great things for streamers so i mean the more we kind of bring in the more mainstream gamer crowd into our crazy awesome hardcore world Mm -hmm. the better it's going to be for for everybody so all that being said remember like there's going to be a lot of new people coming to twitch this week just be nice (laughs) yeah this is you know this kind of made me think like the reason we're kind of unsure whether this, this, this is probably definitely just an organic thing that happened because I don't even care if Drake's time was paid for. I really, really don't. (laughs) I don't either. But like, if this was on YouTube gaming, Oh, it was paid. Like, but because this is Twitch, it, it, to me, it's like a little more likely that, you know, we know Ninja is a streamer. Uh, well, I know that now, but um. well, and the thing about Ninja too is within the last couple of weeks, he actually broke the sub record as well. Wow! So like before this whole thing with Drake, so I think he hit like 
I think now he's at. Hmm. Oh shoot! I'm totally get. I'm gonna get all the sub numbers wrong, but I know it's over a hundred thousand. I know he got ten thousand new subs last night, which is insane. Um, yeah. But uh, he was like in the news as a Fortnite player lately, and as like a, one of the biggest Twitch streamers, and had the most subscribers on the platform, and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, he's been breaking records and making news for the last couple of weeks. So. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Drake just reached out to him. I don't know. And and like I said, even if it was paid for by a marketing team, like, good on you, Epic. Like, you did what no other game apparently has been able to do ever, which yeah. is break a record on Twitch. So, yeah. GG's Epic, GG's Ninja, like, you guys, you did awesome. So, what? thank you for doing what you did for the community, because like I said, I think this is just going to be great. I, I'm just glad that it's not, like, an asshole breaking these records. Like, I... I, and I'm sure Twitch is as well. Like after just launching those new guidelines, if they had had someone who was a little more ag uh, aggressive, uh, and, and aggressive isn't even the right word. There are people out there who are downright just like rude, you know. And uh, you can be aggressive and still not be a dink. Like yeah, there's 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 some people who who go over that line, and I'm sure they're just glad that like, phew, it wasn't one of those folks. It was someone who's just. A genuinely good person and hopefully that shows people that like hey you don't have to put on this like weird you know persona. angry gamer mentality persona. Yeah. yeah yeah like the whole angry joe thing was just like why are you yelling at me stop you know, <laughs> you know? so yeah nice all right well we are way over time now so i think mm. we're going to wrap it up for this week uh just a reminder to everyone currently listening to the sound of my voice that we are going to take the stream down for a couple minutes and then we're going to bring it back up for our patron game night so um if you are a patron of the gamers in make sure you are in bit.ly slash tgi discord and ready to jump in we're going to play some heroes in a couple minutes so i look forward to seeing you guys here for that uh, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. And don't forget to follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of our episodes are streamed live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available after the fact on both Twitch and at bit.ly slash TGIVOD. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what you think about Drake and Ninja Breaking Records, please do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.